Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocTalk. ZocTalk is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocTalk is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc, and the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Happy to be here. Oh, we are recording live. Live in New York. In California. How are you? Mm, good, not great. Why? I'm so sleepy. So, here's the thing. Here we you go. You asked. I know. You've opened the box. You always make me ask, so I figured I might as well do it. Yay! Okay, I like you knowing my need for attention. Okay. So, I have a friend. His name is Ross. Oh, I thought you were talking about Allison. I was like, No, we're starting yeah. from the beginning. Oh, God. Okay. I have a friend named Ross. He was once my Lyft driver. We got stuck in traffic and bonded over how we didn't have many friends, so we decided to be friends. So I've hung out with him quite often, and I found out that just like I love superheroes and Back to the Future, he is a big fan of Jurassic Park. Sure. So Seems like a winning combo. Up until yesterday, yes. So then he found out that the new Jurassic World mm-hmm. uh, ride was at Universal. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, will you go with me? And I said, yes, like a fool. Big fool. Because I was like, of course I'll go. Like, I'm, I want to go with someone who's all fucking hyped to be there. And what I forgot to 
put into the equation was that he would want to be there before everyone else. And so he said, okay, well, meet me at my house at 6. And I was like, a.m.? And he said, yes, 6 a.m. Big mistake. So that way we can be the first people there. No. And I said, okay, when does the park open? Thinking it must be like (laughs) 6.01. And he said, oh, it doesn't open until 8.30. No. Wait, are you serious? So I was like, do you really expect me to stand in line for two and a half hours before the park opens? And he said, yep. Did you do that for real? I did. I'm a good friend. Okay, I hope you learned your lesson about looking for friends. This is what happens. This is why I... <laughs> I should have stayed alone. I should have been a hermit. Uh, hello, this is what I do. I sit in my house. Well, so I, I'm using my it as My sims an, are my friends, and they I'm, don't make me go anywhere at six in the morning. I'm using it as an IOU because I don't know if you've heard, but Marvel Land is opening. No, and I haven't. So <laughs> Thanks for letting me know. I will be going often, and I will be wanting to beat everyone at all the rides. So sure. now he has no reason to okay, say no true. to me. Okay, that's true. You can hold it over his head. That is a exactly. good thing about a friend, is you can use one another in I've a power, proven myself. power dynamic. Okay. But so... And at least I'm not going to be the one who, sucker who has to fall for it. Ross oh, can take my I know place. not to invite you. I, I'd be like, look over there! And you'd be like, I don't get it. <laughs> so I would take Allison a thousand times, but now I'm only going to take her 500 and I'm going to make Ross go 500 times. Well, Allison's in a cast right now, so good luck. So round two of my story is because I woke up so early to hang out with Ross, I got zero sleep because I usually go to bed only a couple hours before 6am. Right. And uh, so I was super tired all day. Plus I was in the heat all day. And then I came home and I was just ready to pass out. And uh, then Allison told me that she... She's had this weird issue with her foot for a long time, and we finally found out yesterday that she fractured it. Yeah, that sucks. Um, And so now she's in a cast for a month, and it's on her right foot, which means she can't drive herself to work. (laughs) So when I was like, oh, I can't wait to fall asleep, she was like, oh, well, hopefully you'll wake up early because you have to take me to work, and you have to do it every day for the next 30 days. So This is like the the universe punishing you for trying to be sociable. Yeah. So I'm in the middle of trying to fix my sleep schedule and like cons- consistently stay up wake up early well that's, this was my second morning waking up early and i hated it that sounds terrible i woke up at eight and i was like uh this is so early <laughs> i deserve three more hours of sleep i there's something wrong with my natural circadian rhythm i've never been able to fall asleep before like 3 a.m right and so when i had a day job that sucked and i just could never fix i could never fix it yeah and oh, so now's the time. So apparently now's Great. the time. <laughs> and so I'm just super tired is, is the answer to how I'm doing. Well. How are you doing? Oh, I'm okay. Good, not great. Good, not great. Why? Oh, I'm actually okay. I just kind of wanted to use that oh. phrase. Um, I no, like the phrase. It it's a good feels phrase. feels right. It's a good, not great phrase. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so stupid. Uh, no, I, I did want to say everyone's been so nice about like when I said I'd cut back on drinking. So many people have reached out and been like, hey, just want you. Like, wanted to touch touch base and say, like, I've been trying to do that, too. Or, like, I've been considering it, and now I'm going to go through with it. And it's just been really cool. And a lot of people have reached out. And, like, people our age, so people in their 20s, which I feel like traditionally, when you're in your 20s, it's just kind of a given that, like, you can drink all the time, whenever you want, whatever. And so people have been, like, super understanding and kind, and I just really appreciate that. So it's going well. Nice. Um, I got a little nervous because I had a few drinks the other day, and I was like, am I going to fall back into the hole? <laughs> but I was fine, and um, I feel like I've found a good balance, knock on wood. Um, also, I'm really excited because Eva has put started putting our episodes up on YouTube. Oh, yes. So I was like, what did Eva do? There was this monster who was stealing our content and putting it on YouTube, and thousands of people were listening to it on YouTube, and I 
kept trying to tell YouTube it's mine, and they were like, we can find zero evidence that it belongs to you. Even though we'd, we'd submitted, like, legal documents that it was our trademark There's and everything. There's a gold seal on that from the U.S. Patent Office. A notarized piece of paper that and yeah. YouTube was like, well, well, that's not enough. Why don't you prove it? And so, so someone kept listening someone kept posting all of our stuff yeah and people didn't know better because like why would they know that it's not us right and so anyway i finally like went full full tilt on this youtube thing <laughs> and i wrote this long ass thing and was like my lawyer my patent lawyer who's my dad's golf partner by the way it's like my patent lawyer would get involved and so finally youtube was like okay and they took it down so now instead eva is putting up um our episodes because i know a lot of people like to listen to them on youtube for some reason so oh. i don't know but anyway, go help us. Yeah, at least beat the numbers that that other guy had. Seriously, and um, it's it's going kind of slow because it takes like hours to upload for some reason apparently, because hmm. um, each episode's like an hour and a half. So sure. So um, yeah. So Eva's putting them up right now. I think she said she's on episode twenty right now. So if you guys want to nice. subscribe to our YouTube channel, um, we sometimes put weird shit up there. I don't know. It's been a while. It's but been a while. One day we're one day we have we have thoughts. So yeah. maybe in the future we're gonna have some stuff. Just. Subscribe now, so if we ever Just put something case. on there, you'll be happily surprised. J-I-C, you know. J-I-C, F-Y-I. Um, yeah, anyway, that's all, so I just thought I would mention that. Cool. While I had the chance. Nice. Yeah, so thank you to Eva for being proactive. Yeah. And thank you not to that person who stole our shit. Whoever, it's someone who listens to us, too, so you know who you are. Don't do that, it's illegal. It uh, says on the thing on YouTube, like, I own this content. It was mean of you. Don't do that. Uh, anyway, I do want to... S- Actually, let me double check that I'm allowed to sure. say it. Oh! <laughs> I just want to make sure. Say it. Say it. Oh my god. Okay, we sold out New Orleans. Update. Oh, we did? Yeah. Yay! Very nice. Let's see. We have a couple tickets left in Atlanta. Oh man. It's exciting. Mm. Should I say it and ask for permission later? And then... If I don't have permission, I'll just tell Eva to delete this. Sure. Okay. So since my uh, episode on McRaven Mansion, I have been in touch with one of the um, oh. tour guides that w- I talked about. Yeah, the the they... one named JJ on the... Well, because they uh, tweeted at us, right? They tweeted. Okay, yeah. So they... Wow. It was, a, it was a while ago, so I don't know if I'll be able to find the original tweet, but... They said I did a really good job on on my story, so I'm Isn't very that proud. Super exciting! I always get so nervous that someone who is like well, well knowledgeable about or like this, historically like, aware of something, yeah, or someone maybe it's like someone who had an experience, and I'm like butchering their experience. Well, I get so nervous. I'm gonna get sued every day. With the fuck. Hello. At least you're not doing people's murder stories. Hello. I could be talking about something that's crazy haunted and it's not at all. And I've just like ruined. Well, I could be talking about how somebody murdered someone and they okay, didn't. Right. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. No, but some I, somebody I just actually get nervous just I get nervous too because someone reached out recently and Eva forwarded it and said like friends with priceless pieces girlfriend and I'm like oh, oh no. Oh. But they were really supportive and said I did a good job too. But I'm always like. I probably said something because I mean I said stuff about his parents and like right. you don't know anyway. Sorry, so I feel no, so my, I feel the anxiety. My first reaction when they wrote to us, yeah, I said like I hope I didn't fuck it up. Like sure, please know that please don't sue That's me. Our like, biggest fear. I everything's a legend. That should have been the title of our podcast <laughs> just to cover our asses. That's the subtitle. So uh, I was asking. So their name is Jay. Uh huh. I don't mean to be misgendering with they, but I'm just gonna. Just, I want to be inclusive. So, uh, Jay ended up telling me that, uh, they weren't 
Zach's favorite person in the world. Which I just, that line alone, everyone was like, oh. And so I was like, oh, why? And uh, just, I ended up DMing Jay just to be like, tell me why. And apparently uh, there was some other creepy stuff going on behind the scenes that like no one got to see um, like on camera, like things were happening when the cameras were off. Sure. Um, Jay said that when they actually left, apparently the spirits were so pissed that <laughs> Zach and the whole crew were there that after the whole crew left, the management had to stay behind and keep relocking the doors because oh they God. would lock the door to the porch. And then when they like left, the doors would fly open. So they'd have to go relock it. But when they got to the door, they would see into the building and see that other doors were now so wide open. The ghosts were acting out, basically. The ghosts were acting out. They did not like Zach being there. I can't imagine why. And so then I also said, um, I just asked to, I was like, or did any of the spirits ever follow you home or make you feel unsafe after that night? Just because I was curious about their personal stories, because uh, I like asking personal questions and <laughs> <laughs> to strangers. <laughs> and so Jay said, the only spirit, this is through my DMs, by the way, I'm just reading my DMs. The only spirit to ever follow me home was Mary Elizabeth, who uh, was the 15 year old. Yes, the, the died in childbirth. Yes. Uh the only one that followed me home was Mary Elizabeth, but she would just do little things like once I couldn't find my earring, I walked out. And when I came back, she had put it in the center of my dresser. No, I no, no, <laughs> just little things, no. just little terrifying things. Um, we had a good connection. I actually slept in her bed before, No, <laughs> which is just creepy. Why would you do that? Uh, Jay said, I know I'm nuts, but I had a solid reason. So I didn't find out the rest uh, of that. But I'm just going to trust you on that. Uh, Andrew, who was the super creepy one that was like attacking everybody. Ew. Andrew always made me uncomfortable, tugged on my skirt, called my name, or you could just feel him staring. Mary doesn't like him either. <laughs> and Bob, remember the guy who got, he like threw a brick at the soldiers and then he got shot. Don't fuck with the chrysanthemums. Bob tried to scare me a few times when I became manager, but he was just being protective over his home. Aww. He would wake me up if I fell asleep by tapping on something. He yelled at one of my guests who was playing inappropriate music during work hours. <laughs> and then this is the creepy one because I didn't know about this. Tell me. I also would play ball with Peekaboo during uh, uh, investigations. Uh, who is Peekaboo? I don't fucking know. You uh, didn't ask? I listen. <laughs> Jay. Okay. So Jay is Peekaboo. He also used to turn the Civil War around. It sounds like I almost said Civil War. Hang on. I'm going to re-say it. Civil War? He turned the Civil War around. It was incredible. <laughs> Everyone unified. Oh, uh, just took one brick. <laughs> he also used to turn the silverware around just before I came in on tour. I swear he did it to bug me. It only happened with me. I'll That's send hilarious. you. I'll send you a picture of him no. in a second. Of him? He's a little boy. Also, sorry for the long message. I could seriously, seriously talk about this house for days. So Jay sent me this picture and said, you can see him peeking from behind the chair. I'm going to die. Which means like this. I guess she calls him peekaboo. Yeah. Sorry. They call him peekaboo because uh, they play peekaboo together. And this is a picture. Stop it. They got it. And we don't know peek-a-boo. who it is. Yeah. I just want you to come over. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> Here, I'll just throw my phone. Okay, ready? Behind the chair. <gasps> oh! oh my god, that's a per- child. That's definitely a child's face. Oh no. Isn't that crazy? I don't like that. 
Oh my god. It's like absolutely the silhouette of a child. My we have this mirror at my house. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. In your haunted ass house? At my dad's house. Not surprised. But anyway, I just wanted to share those stories. I... Thank you, Jay, for reaching out. Wowza. It's also very cool to me that someone from like Ghost Adventures, like regardless of scale, like, okay, you were only in one episode, but you were on Ghost Adventures yeah, and you listened baller. to our podcast. That's so cool. I mean, the second M sent that I was like, we were one degree, we are one degree away from the yeah. Bites. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I Bananas. Love it. Bananas. Anyway, sorry for that long thing. No, that's thing. amazing. Um, <clears throat> other than that, I'm, I'm good for telling you a story. That was trippy. The kid in the behind the... Mm-mm. Mm-mm. The fact that we just call him Peekaboo. I don't like that. Just the worst. It makes it sound like a little demon. Yeah. Mm-mm. A demon named Peekaboo. It sounds like... What was that thing? We did a story on a... Popper. Popper oh, the ghost. Yeah. Who peek-a-boo. popped all the bottles. Peekaboo and Popper. That'd be a cool little children's book. Oh, Popper Actually, and Actually, wait. Eva, write this down. We should start... Like, you know, Berenstain Bears had, like, a series of children's books? We yes. should have a series of different ghosts and demons okay. for children. I call Popper and Peekaboo. Okay, cool. And at the on the back of each one, we'll show them, like, how to sage, just in case they <laughs> conjure something no, by reading our don't books play. Out loud. We're not going to tell children to play with matches and fire, please. No, but play with the demons. Those those are less flammable. I think that's probably safer than telling a child how to use a lighter. <laughs> I'm just going to be upfront with you. You should just we could do like what like like Nickelodeon magazine and all of them have done where it's like get get a parent to approve it or Nickelodeon like Nickelodeon magazine, please. Yeah. Have your mom call and <laughs> get a magazine. We for want you. your mom to call us. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. We want your mom to sage the entire house after you read our book. I'm Christine. Oh god. Here's my cell phone number. <laughs> Actually no, here's my lawyer. Actually, please never my, call him. My patent lawyer. He's golfing with my dad. You can talk to him. My story today. <laughs> We're idiots. Okay. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. 
I am so thrilled that we are working with Fast Growing Trees. I spent about an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden. Um, they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac and so so I thought, you know what? Perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's going to smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. My story today, which is uh, one of the many books to come out in Barnes & Noble one day in the children's section, uh, okay. is a cryptid. Okay. Slash alien. Okay. Oh, where's this going? So here's the thing. I I see all of your tweets. I know this Area 51 nonsense oh is blowing up. I know a lot of people wanted me to cover Area 51, but I cannot do that. To and answer like, your questions, yes, we are there right now. <laughs> we are reporting at, live. Reporting live at Area 51. Don't worry about it. California. Uh-huh. Uh, it just, I trust me, Area 51 is on my list for the future, but that is just so much information. It's a, lo- a big story. I could not research it in the time that it would have taken me to do it justice. Since, the, since it came in the news. Yeah, you would have needed the long. Exactly. So I'm compromising and I'm giving you an alien also, story. if something like breaks, like especially like if a true crime thing breaks and they just caught somebody or whatever, I always wait a few weeks because... The like, more information might yeah, come. Yeah, you want to hear like the full story and wait till you get all the details. Anyway. Right, right, right. So anyway, no, you're not getting Area 51. Sorry, but <laughs> I'm negotiating with sorry, you, children, and giving you an alien story-ish. Okay. Um. So this is a story that I heard about growing up because it was in West Virginia, oh, which, West Virginia. in case you didn't know, is close to Virginia, wow. which people is. In case you didn't know, it's east of Virginia. Actually, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Well, people like us who, like, don't know what salt is might actually have been surprised by that. A lot of scientists messaged me and were very kind. You know what's wild is I have met a lot of people um, in California where when I say I'm from Virginia, they put them together. They have assumed that it's West Virginia and Virginia are the same thing. What? It's very weird. it's, like, part of the state? It's just, like, the western half of the state? When I worked my day job, I worked there for three years and told people all the time, no, it's Virginia. No, it's Virginia. But people who knew me forever were like, oh, yeah, I'm from West Virginia. I was like... No. What a weird thing. I don't know if they just think I'm talking about, like, the west part of Virginia. Right. And they just decided I, that West Virginia was a good answer. I, I don't, don't know. I don't know. But since I moved out here for some reason, there statistically has been more times I've had to correct people. All right. So, anyway, if you're in Virginia or West Virginia, apparently this is the same state. And uh, it's at least this story is close enough that even though I was only surrounding West Virginia. I did hear about it growing up. Okay. So this is the cryptid slash alien story of the Flatwoods monster slash the Braxton County monster slash the green monster slash the phantom of Flatwoods slash the Frametown monster slash Braxy. God damn it. It's taking up all the good names. Braxy? Braxy. I like that one the best. Double X. Okay. What the hell is this? Okay. So we're going to call it the Flatwoods monster. That's a long children's book title. You have to really pick one. (laughs) I just have to give you all six names. Yeah. Um, Okay. Flatwoods Monster. Let me readjust real quick. 
I was like sinking into the couch. Yeah, no it worries. was upsetting my coccyx. Super. Um, all right. So the Flatwoods Monster. And I only ever heard about the Flatwoods Monster when it came to like camping. Okay. Um, I guess because they assume they'll like, they'll get you in the woods. That, I don't know. <laughs> That's all I heard about. If people are trying to figure out my like personal experience with the Flatwoods Monster, it's not a big experience. It didn't get you in the woods. It did not. That's good. Or did it? And I'm just a... You're just a shell of what you once were. Thank you. <laughs> well, ain't that the truth, but... That came out a little too quick out of my mouth. It was it was too soon, yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, I felt that one more than I think yeah, you wanted it. Should have played it a little more jokey than I did. Sorry about that. <laughs> should have done it with a, with a slight chuckle at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. I dropped the ball. So the Flatwoods Monster has been featured in many pieces of pop culture. Nickelodeon uh, Magazine to be... Yes, page one, actually. It was on the cover. <laughs> it's the first edition. Uh, it's been on the Nintendo game Amagon. I'm, pr- I'm probably pissing people well, off if you play that game. Also, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Mask? Majora's Mask. Um, the Wii U game, The Wonderful 101. Also, it's been on the shows Mountain Monsters, Monster Quest, um, Project Blue Book, and a documentary called The Flatwoods Monster, A Legacy of Fear. Oh, okay. Uh, like I said, it's more a cryptid than anything else. It's like, if there was a big cryptid umbrella, the alien part of it is underneath the umbrella. Okay. Cryptid first. And it is seen in the forests of Flatwoods, West Virginia. It's also been seen in Frametown, West Virginia, which I guess is pretty close. And uh, at the time of this story, the town of Flatwoods, West Virginia was a village of less than 300 people. Oh, okay. Very small town. Very teeny. The monster... Mm-hmm is described as being 10 feet tall and 4 feet wide. It this is kind of confusing. Its body is either wearing a robotic suit <laughs> or it is a robotic being wearing a wearing nothing. Like its a, skin is made of machine basically. Listen, all right. Gonna, We've heard weirder. Going to go with it. <laughs> some people were saying, "Oh, it's it's wearing a robotic suit or it's wearing a spacecraft." And some people were like, "No, it is a robotic suit or a spacecraft." It is wearing a spacecraft. <laughs> Who are you wearing? <laughs> Space. I'm wearing NASA, bitch. <laughs> um What the fuck? I don't know. Okay. It, instead of it being an organic being, it might have just been a machine. Okay. But not from Earth, obviously. Uh, well, pff- Obviously. It's also described as having uh, a cowl in the shape of an ace of spades. So it's like a, looks like a big hood on its head. Ew, that is creepy. And it's got a red round head. It has two eyes that glow green orange, which is not. This cannot make up its mind, huh? It's like, "Mm, I don't know what I am. And then again, the body is made of or wearing a metallic armored structure lined with thick vertical pipes. (laughs) <laughs> this thing cannot get you in the woods because it walks at 0.2 miles per hour it sounds like it them. needs to get oiled or something yes uh people have said that the body is either black or green or orange or red or technicolor <laughs> um they say black or green because it was only seen in the dark so i guess you couldn't really tell sure. what the actual color was that's fair um most say that the monster was armless but others say that it actually had two small um lanky arms on the front that you just couldn't see if you weren't looking at the right angle <laughs> so it's just those so. little t-rex arms exactly okay i see so it really was like little dinosaur arms sorry got my heart burn again 
I did start taking pills just so everyone starts asking. And by, a lot of people tweeted out and gave me uh, comments about heartburn, like mm-hmm. good advice. So thank you for your advice. A lot of people gave different kinds of advice. I saw some being like, don't take medicine. I saw some saying well, take medicine. I follow the people who said take medicine. Okay. So now I'm on medicine, except I didn't take any today. So did you like get, get a prescription or just no, like, I just went to like CVS. Oh, oh, oh. Um, okay. So back to this alien cyborg monster cryptid so uh, you're taking nacl to be clear i'm actually taking chalk yeah i want to be sure that yes. we're all salt only chalk salt okay yes um from the civil war which is clearly the 1700s <laughs> of the 1860s and also uh, never mind i'm gonna stop talking <laughs> yeah let's rehash every idiotic thing we said last week <laughs> what's around us <sighs> so a so there's the flatwoods monster and then there's the frame town monster which are supposedly the same thing although based on different towns it had different descriptions okay so the flatwoods monster the one is the one i have been describing the frame town monster apparently is only metallic from the waist down and from the waist up he is a reptile (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i shouldn't laugh at it's gonna get me well who knows so ridiculous sounding so it's supposedly the same thing people think that maybe it started morphing into a reptile by the time people saw it in frame town Okay. I don't know. It's the same monster, but different descriptions. So the story is in 1952, and there were four boys playing football in their school playground at night after hours. Bad boys. Uh-oh, little rebels. So they all saw a ball of fire flying across the sky, and it landed on a hilltop in Bailey Fisher Farm. So they went to uh, two of those four boys were brothers. So they went to those two kids' house. Um, they told their mom that they saw a UFO, and the mom, named Kathleen, uh, went with them to the farm to try to find it, including other locals. So there was uh, Kathleen, um, her four sons, two of the other sons were at the house, so now her four sons, and then their friends, Neil, Jean, Tommy, Ronnie, and a local beautician who is unnamed. <laughs> what? She's the only one without a name, and well, she's the only... that's not very nice. Fun fact... One of them had a dog, so the dog also went with One them. of these people. One of these people had a dog. Okay. The one named Jean had a dog. Oh. Uh, Jean also had a last name. Do you want to know what the last name is? Nah. Lemon. No way. Yeah. Are so you being serious? Jean Lemon. Didn't this happen one time and it turned out to be... It's happening too often is what's happening. It's happening at a live show. It's one of those things... But then it was Layman. You were just... No, this, this one's Lemon. It is literally it Lemon. It is literally Lemon. <laughs> Okay. So Jean Lemon's dog. And I love Lemon. And in all of the articles I was reading, they were like, Lemon's dog. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Now I'm thinking of Geo. Lemon has a dog, too. So Kathleen hears about this from her kids. All four of her kids run to the hilltop to see for themselves, including Neil, Jean, Tommy, Ronnie, a beautician, and Jean's dog. <laughs> a beautician. <laughs> Whatever oh. their name is. Uh, so one of the local dogs... I guess other dogs started, like, running together. They, like, all started running towards this. Uh, started barking and ran back a few minutes later with its tail between its legs. <gasps> Honey. Um, so they already knew something not so great was there. The group reached the top of the hill where they saw a large pulsating ball of fire like they had just seen flying in the sky. Um, they also started smelling a sulfur-like odor that made their eyes and noses burn. Mm. And eventually, um, Gene Lemon's dog refused to walk any further. Oh, and so some distance ahead was uh, that quote ball of fire. It 
it's kind of turned into a pulsing red light. Okay. So while looking near the light, Gene also saw glowing eyes. So he pointed his flashlight at it, and that's when everyone saw the creature for the first time. Uh Uh-oh. It had a red face surrounded by a pointed hood-like shape. Apparently, its body had drape-like folds. Super gross. Yeah. Some say it had arms. Some say it didn't. Some say it was floating. Um, And then there is one article I saw that said it covered Kathleen with a strange oily substance. Ew! Um, (laughs) And people were saying that it looked very mechanical, like it was a, quote, living machine, not a flesh and blood creature. What in the world? So So the... Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Is the... ball of fire like separate from the being or is that part yeah of it? i think they thought that the it might have been the crashed ufo oh uh, like there was a so it was near the ball it was of fire. near the crashed ufo okay i get it um and so the monster emitted a shrill hissing noise then glided towards them and then <laughs> changed direction and flew off obviously what would the group do next fled they just fled they and fled they they fled they fled in panic. Okay, yes, as you should do. As you should do. And they did the smart thing. They contacted the local sheriff and a news reporter. That night, after they reported what they saw to the sheriff, they all had severe nausea, oh, no. swollen throats, and some even had convulsions. Oh, my God. Which a doctor said these were all symptoms of mustard gas. Oh, my God. How weird. Very weird. That's when it starts getting weird. Oh, that's when it starts. That's when it starts. The mechanical thing in the sky. So boringly normal. (laughs) Oh, my God. Gene Lemon's dog. Come on. Sounds like a normal Wednesday. Am I right? So the reporter and the sheriff went to the site with the farmer. Because remember, it landed in the middle of a farm. Sure. Um, They went to the farmer. All three of them went out to where everyone said they saw something. And they found no trace of an encounter. But there was still, according to the reporter, quote, a sickening burnt metallic odor still prevailing. So they knew something was there. This thing's not very subtle, though, huh? It just makes really gnarly farts, I guess. I guess so. And also, I just, I'm kind of like, I feel like typically aliens are much more advanced beings when you encounter them. And this one seems like it's just like bumbling around and like <laughs> accidentally spraying oil and like, like ah, clunking. Yeah. Like it seems... Me as an alien. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like our attempt at being... Right. It's just really a little bit sad. <laughs> it's just it trying is. so hard. It's like, come on, get your shit together. <sighs> Um, so there was a gross odor that was still around. Uh, the reporter visited the site again the next day, because remember the first time there was no trace of anything being there except for the smell. Right. So the reporter goes back, found two tracks in the mud that they couldn't figure out, and also found traces of a, quote, thick, black, oddly gummy deposit liquid. So, uh... He reported them as being possible signs of a UFO because whatever the tracks were in the mud, they could have not been from a car because that area hadn't been used for any traffic in the last year. Okay. So for them to just show up out of nowhere didn't make sense. Um, the day after this event, and the f- uh, after the Flatwoods incident, um, there was a couple named George and Edith, and they were driving through Frametown. Mm-hmm. So this is the reptilian oh, s- description. Oh, right. The Frametown monster. Okay. So George and Edith are driving through uh, Frame Town, and their car stalls all of a sudden and refuses to start again. And all of a sudden, they smell this really bad sulfuric odor in the air. Mm-mm. The couple got out of the car to see what was wrong with uh, see what was wrong with their vehicle, and they saw the creature 
that was described a lot like the Flatwoods monster, but according to their report, it was reptilian from the waist up. It was hovering and glowing, um, kind of far away from their car, but they could see it in the distance, hovering and glowing. And then George says that he felt thousands of (gasps) needle-like vibrations, and then he got sick. Like Like vomitous. Vomitous sick? Yeah. When he got back in the car... His wife said to turn around and the figure was even closer than before. Apparently it was 10 feet tall and had, quote, a bloated stomach, long arms, and was gliding rapidly. Oh, God. It lifted above the tree line and flew off, leaving a trail of light behind it. Okay. So that's the only story for the Frametown description of the monster. Got it. That was the only incident that happened in Frame I mean, it makes time. sense if they were saying he had, like, weird folded skin. It reminds me of a big o- iguana or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of that, like, with its, like, weird, like, weenus skin. Yeah. 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 Like, fl- little flabs. Flabs. You know, one of my least favorite words is flap. Uh, yeah, you've said that. It is kind of yeah. gross. It sounds like a... S- like, I get, like, a like a bird flapping its wings. But, like, when you think of, like, skin yeah, flaps. Yeah, I don't like that, actually. And that's it. what I think of when I think of, like, drapes of... Skin. Body parts, yeah. Mm. Gross. It is you as an alien. It is, me and my flaps. <laughs> so, uh, interestingly, so those were the two main stories, but several other locals ended up reporting having seen a strange aircraft that night. Um, seven of those sightings were taken more seriously than others, but there were a lot of reports. So, uh, one reportedly seeing a bright orange object circling overhead the Flatwoods area. Uh, two two people said that they saw the creature 11 miles from the farm a week before the incident. Oh. So before the boys ever found it, it was around for the a week before. <laughs> okay. Um, there were reports of homes shaking violently and radios cutting out at the same time the UFO was seen landing. Mm. Apparently there's a, uh, an area there called James Knob, and it was also reportedly hit by another UFO that people saw. Um, there's a witness that saw a UFO taking off at 6.30 a.m. the morning after the UFO was seen, as if it, like, fixed the UFO that had crashed and was now leaving. And there's a compiled account as of 2004 that there were hundreds of reports in multiple states of UFOs and landings reported that same night. Okay. Um, So that that implies that a whole fleet of UFOs were visiting Earth that night. Terrifying. Oh, that's really my nightmare. All right. Great. And they're all that bumbling and weird and bad at being an alien. That's less scary to me. <laughs> they're like, just all kind of. I prefer Whoa. that. I prefer the flappy aliens to. The flappy alien, like, accidentally spraying you with oil and yeah, being like, crashing their vehicles. Whoops. <laughs> was he just drunk, actually? He could have been a tipsy alien now that Sounds I think about like it. Sounds like he was just. It was just like happy hour for him. Aww. Uh, it's five o'clock somewhere, he says. Even in space. Even yeah. on my planet, Glib Glorb. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm very sorry. It's Glap o'clock somewhere. Anyway. <laughs> Glap o'clock. and Flap happened in my flap head. Flap o'clock. I... <laughs> Heat is dangerous. Children. Guys, we're so hot. Find There's an no air conditioner. air conditioning in here. There is. We just can't use it because we want to protect your delicate ears from the noise. It's too loud when we record. We the just things we do for you. I'm losing my mind. Uh, yeah. Anyway, too. it's been lost. So esteemed, esteemed UFOologists, sure, also came to examine this. They were like really starting to take it seriously. Some of the UFOlogists who are quote esteemed. Our John Keel, who was pretty big. I in the love UFO- John Keel. Yeah. Yes. So he w- he investigated this. So He's did- Mothman, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So did Gray Barker uh-huh. and Ivan Sanderson. Okay. So all very esteemed. All very esteemed. Ivan Sanderson was a naturalist, so he took a lot of soil samples to see what could have possibly been. So he picked up the goop. He picked up the goop. Mm. His findings were never made public. Oh. Interesting. Interesting. I'm not saying that means anything. I'm just saying it's interesting. I'm just saying it means something. I'm saying it means something private something and mysterious. very important. Something people don't want you to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Gray Barker, he also reported the story in Fate magazine based on, um, recorded interviews. And so the whole story ended up making local news and then it got picked up by national radio and then it got picked up by even bigger papers. And Kathleen ended up going to New York to talk about it on, at CBS. Oh, okay. So it was getting like widespread attention and it allegedly also prompted the Air Force to add it to their Project Blue Book. Ooh. Which I'm not going to get into because I think that could be a good story one day. Yes. But it's a... You've mentioned it. It's a a big old archived... A database. A database, if you will, of alien encounters, especially during the 50s and 60s. So cool and creepy, and I wish I had a coffee book version. Oh, can you imagine? I would love that very much. So it it's now apparently added into the Project Blue Book. Oh my God, we could do a children's book version. Wait a minute. Project baby blue book no i'll work on it god <laughs> we'll figure it out but no i'm down i love it we could do like we could teach kids colors like project red book project oh! green book project blue book as long as it rhymes i think we can make any of this into a children's book one fish two fish red book blue book but yeah that sounds good one cool. one flab two flab oh <laughs> one flab two flab red book blue book happy flabby hour wait a i minute. forget <laughs> forget what the words we made up flappy bird yeah flappy bird so uh so other weird things that happened um commander of the west virginia national guard captain dale Leavitt, he quote examined the area himself with 50 air force personnel and found an oily substance mm-hmm. and a six meter wide circle of depressed grass with no explanation <gasps> kathleen also this is the weirdest part kathleen also claims that a couple days after the incident, two mysterious men... There it is. ...dressed in black... There it is. ...said that they were magazine reporters, and they demanded to be shown the crash site. I'm telling you. When she took them there, they went into the woods, and they came out with strange oily stains on their clothes and never mentioned them to her again. <laughs> they were just like, don't mind us. They were like, don't look. Where's the dry cleaner? So after Kathleen's report to Gray Barker about that, Gray Barker wrote about this, and in a way, incidentally, introduced the concept of the men in black. The, aha. Bingo. Bingo, bingo. If you're wondering, the inspo from the <sighs> MIB. I'm telling you, that is one of the creepiest parts of these alien things to me, the men in black. And theaters and Mothman, now. too. Yes. So, Gray Barker went on to actually become a prominent UFO and mythology writer, so this was one of his, like, first big cases. Okay. Um, but fun, fun fact about the men in black. It is. Or a scary fact about the men in black. Very frightening. Been around since 52, at least. Yeah. So the skeptics out there say that the oil tracks were actually just from a tractor on the farm or a Chevy pickup from one of the locals looking around the site on his own. Uh, The ball of fire everybody saw was most likely just a meteor since there was a meteor shower that night on the East Coast. The red light that everyone saw was an aircraft or a hazard beacon. And the monster itself was most likely a female barn owl. Um, and These pe- people in their barn owls. Listen, there's a lot of farms with UFOs on them, which makes me think there's a lot of barn owls being mistaken for aliens. I see. Probably a female barn owl because 
Um, that was apparently the time of the year where a, a barn owl would have just had new babies and all the people there oh. might have probably been near her nest. So she was protecting her young. And those are scary. Yeah. So female barn owls are very large. They're larger than the male ones. They have an orange brown color. Oh. They hiss when threatened and they swoop their head down and puff up their wings to appear larger, which would explain the ace of spades <gasps> shape. Yeah, true. Uh, also the sulfuric smell could have been an irritated type of grass in the area. Okay. Which I don't know about, but that seems to be the main argument okay and the symptoms that the witnesses experienced later could have just been an after effect like the symptoms of being really sick sure could have just been an after effect from overexertion and sensory overload because they were really afraid and right so they, it could just been they were nauseous after just going through a well, lot mentally and like i don't know about them but at least for me like the, if i think about it like if someone it's so easy to like get yourself in that headspace of like, oh, I also feel nauseous or, yeah. you know, if other people are yeah. saying I feel sick. I mean, if someone vomits in front of me, like I instantly yeah, exactly. feel nauseous. So I feel like it's not surprising to me. And also realistically of the like 10 people that were there, five of them were mother and sons. So right, right. if one of them was sick and watched the other one get sick and got sick and watched the other one yeah, got sick and got yeah. sick. I mean, that's it's very easy to half of the witnesses. Yeah. yeah. So it could have been framed really well by the news that sure. like, oh, a lot of the victims got ill. Totally. Or they could like, as a family, they could have fucking had like a stomach flu or something. Right. Or that, like, yeah. Not a big deal. Um, Mom cooked some bad pork. Right. The, the, be the beautician brought over her famous brownies. Right, right, right. The fumes from the beautician being there. Oh, that's true. So until the 2000s, people of Flatwoods were actually really ashamed and embarrassed of the monster oh, and they refused to talk about don't it. Don't be embarrassed. Because they thought it gave the town of Flatwoods a bad reputation. Okay. Andrew Smith ended up becoming, uh, who I have not mentioned yet. I'm saying it like, you know, I was like, yeah, Mr. Smith. <laughs> so there was a guy named Andrew Smith. He ended up only a couple years ago, becoming the director of the Braxton County Visitors Bureau, also okay. known as the CVB. So he became like the town's tourism That's fun. manager. He knew that only a couple towns over in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, <gasps> they had embraced Mothman and they had had wild success in tourism because <laughs> of it. So he thought, well, we should be able to do that, too. And so he decided that he was going to pull a Mothman tourism stunt and yeah. also like and basically give the town the same amount of success. Totally. As Point Pleasant. So he was like, OK, if they could do it with Mothman, we can Let's do it, own it with the Flatwoods monster. Exactly. So he decided that he wanted to make a life-size statue of the monster. But then he realized a 10-foot statue was going to be way too expensive. So he decided to be bougie on a budget and he combined the monster with, uh, like, the most classic tourist highlight he could think of, which is the giant chair. Are you serious? Listen, I love <laughs> a good item that is not the size it's supposed to be. Oh, obviously. Love a good world's giant chair. World's largest golf tee? Come oh. on. When I lived in Pasadena, I lived next to the world's largest fork. Really? And it was in the middle of two roads, so it was a fork in the road. Oh, Have you ever... Oh, I like that. Killed me. Have Loved you ever it. been to the ball twine? No. That's a fun one. You can put your own twine. You literally wrap your own twine on it to get make it bigger. Here. God, get out of here. I know. I helped make it. Stop I liked, it. I put it on my LinkedIn. You know what's super... Stop it. <laughs> you know what's super disappointing As I saw the world's largest styrofoam cup and it wasn't fucking styrofoam. I... It was cement. That's really rude. But it was chiseled to look like a classic like styrofoam cup at the office. You know what this means? Hmm. This is where we step in and make the world's actual giantest styrofoam Everyone, cup. Everyone, bring your styrofoam to a soon-to-be-determined location. Actually, don't, because it's very bad for the environment. 
and we will burn it all. <laughs> no, we won't, because then we'll kill the environment. Uh, okay. How about we all make a giant eco-friendly tote bag? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Let's just make a greenhouse, actually. Uh, um, so, yeah, he wanted to make a... Uh, he wanted to combine the Flatwoods monster with the giant chair. So in 2015, so it was only a couple years ago, he built five different giant chairs that were 10 feet tall, 10 feet to represent the monster. Mm -hmm. And he made monster chairs. Oh my goodness. So he painted each one by himself. Like this, he just decided this was his big project and he just handled it. Wait, I love it. He painted each one uniquely to have its own cool different design and he placed them at the five biggest locations of Flatwoods. I don't know if they were the five biggest locations, but they were at least... Like notable established tourist attractions or like places that visitors already go to sure that way it was going to grab attention right away okay so for town events he also had a seven foot braxy mascot made by the same company that made point pleasant's mothman That's mascot cute so um if there's like ever a festival or like a a parade or something he'll he'll dress up as braxy and like walk around the town oh, he wears it yeah oh i thought it was like a statue no he made like a mascot costume oh, a ma oh i see so he also began displaying um flatwoods or braxy monster memorabilia in the tourism office and eventually <laughs> expanded it into a flatwoods monster museum oh uh there's a restaurant in town called the spot and it has rebranded itself to offer monster themed food and decor love it and it's actually next to one of the chairs and so recently they thought that the chairs like was a big hit and was like this huge campaign and like everyone wanted pictures by the chair and everyone wanted to go see the chairs when they were in Flatwoods. And so now the CVB or the tourism company uh, has now begun a new campaign called Free Braxy. Okay. To encourage everyone to visit and document their like going to each of the chairs. So... They made a mission. It's very much for like little kids. Yeah. But the mission and is. And me, because I'm really <laughs> already <laughs> invested. The mission is that the men in black are trying to cover up the existence of Braxy. Oh, so God. it's your job to ensure that they don't let you forget who Braxy is. <gasps> and Wait, so. That's really cute. You just take a, you go to each of the chairs and you take a picture. And when you get a picture at all five chairs, you submit them to basically CVB, but they call it Braxy HQ. Oh like my God. Braxy headquarters. Hell yeah. And if you send all five of them in, then they'll send you back a free Braxy sticker. Wait, that's super cute. And so it's just kind of a good way to let little, you know, it's like a family activity. And I, uh, what if, what if that were like actually some government, like some Braxy headquarters, <laughs> but it was like really real. Like they were trying to like gather intel. And so they're like, kids take photos. I'm so surprised that we don't know yet of a government operative that has somehow swindled the children into doing the it's work for them snapchat dummy oh right right <laughs> wait a minute that's already been handled okay. yeah don't worry it's all over and we've all fallen for it oh yeah guilty i literally you know that new face app thing yes so apparently i just read an article that like the like a bot changed it on wikipedia what oh you haven't read that one no oh that like it was the founders now or whoever i think it i think it's a russian company they own literally every all of your photos now if you gave access it was so it was actually a chinese company and oh. a bot changed a because so many people have downloaded it a bot was somehow able to switch it on wikipedia to say russian oh so it like created like a scare yeah but well so now china owns all my companies china owns all your oh, pictures well, even yeah. better if okay. you if you add any app wherever that 
if whatever you give country, permissions whatever to. country that app is from they now have access to all your data yep. in case you didn't know that i mean it's the thing. this is why my father's terrified of the well internet. yeah even though he just got a facebook right <laughs> but i mean even though and it's true like it sounds so scary and whatever but it's like we're already screwed guys they already have all our freaking information yeah i mean if you if, have anything with a camera built in if you're listening to this on a smartphone like they already they have it all they can have my i felt better because i saw like i think like kristen bell posting and i was like if they have Kristen Bell's photos, they don't care about my photos. Right, exactly. They have Kristen Bell's <laughs> and all the Queer Eye guys' photos. They right, don't need right, right. mine. So. Well, so basically the whole town is now, you know, changed their tune and they're trying to embrace Braxy. I the, love that. The only part of the town that has not yet embraced the monster's new popularity is the farm where the UFO site happened. Really? They're not into Tourists it? Tourists are apparently oh, forbidden. Okay, well then I guess well, I, they're probably fucking over They're it. like, this is a farm. I need Please to work. stop trying to... So drag your children through our fields. Allegedly, the tourists are forbidden. However, I did read another article that said for a couple years, they even tested out having a green monster festival. Oh, and one of the events was you would take field trips to the site where it happened. Oh, so maybe that happened. And then the farmers were like, I'm over this. Like, Please stop dragging people to our farm. Yeah, I'm also, not sure. Also, I feel like if since there's a Mothman festival, I feel like they're probably super overshadowed. Yeah, exactly. That it's like, year. OK, well, come here on Mothman festivals like off day. what they should do is put it the right the day before the mothman festival right 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 try and draw the early birds or they should have like mothman festival and then like they should have a nighttime festival like a fair that everyone can go to when the mothman stuff closes oh like a party like a like an after party yeah. an after party flatwoods after party after party in flatwoods yeah oh i'd go to that anyway that's the story of the flatwoods monster okay i like that very much that's weird i've never heard of that i guess mothman probably does overshadow it huh i'm sure yeah um, I do love a good Mothman, though, I will say. I know you do. Remember your, your mug I got you for your birthday? Oh, I use it literally this morning. It's on my nightstand. It's, a. Uh, I got Christine a mug with a bunch of Mothman <sighs> cartoons on they're it. They're little but they're, pastel. They're all little pastel colors. So it looks like a, like a little kid's princess mug. But when you look at the actual characters, they're all Mothman. It's super cute. <laughs> they have a lot. They're like, it's like a very 90s pastel color. Yeah. And then it's like little Mothman guys. It's super cute. It's my favorite mug. Skip, skip. Stop. Stop. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ziprecruiter.com drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. 
ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay, so I'm about to bring the party down. Oh, I'm glad I was here to boost it up for a second. <laughs> this is my after party. Yeah, right. It makes you feel like crap. <laughs> um, this is a very messed up story. I mean, I guess most of my stories are messed up, but I guess I also wrote these notes in the middle of the night, so it kind of extra messed me up. I hear you. Uh, this is the story of the murders of Sherry Smith and Deborah Helmick in okay. South Carolina. Mm. Um, okay. So I found a new website that I have never used before called crimeola.com. Crimeola. Sounds like something we would make up. Yeah. Stupidly I, on the show. Very stupidly. Yes. Crimeola. I think is how you say it. Crimeola. Crimeola. <laughs> Crimeola. Maybe. Uh, and then obviously Murderpedia. And then a website called UPI.com. So, which is a news site. So this took place in South Carolina in the mid 80s. So it's May 31st, 1985. We're going to jump right in. So I'm sorry. It's not even like one of those things I can brace myself for. No. Okay. No, just just close your eyes and remember. Uh, remember. Just what's remember his name? The Flappy. Flat w- just remember. <laughs> just remember Braxy. 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 Not Flappy. Okay. Braxy and his flaps. Flappy uh, Braxy. Oh. Okay. May 31st, 1985. Sharon Sherry Faye Smith, 17, only days away from her high school graduation, drove home from a pool party and pulled up to her mailbox, which was down the driveway from her family's house in Lexington, South Carolina. So her dad, Bob, was upstairs in his office and he noticed that she had pulled up next to the mailbox, um, went back to his work. But after a few minutes, uh, he realized she had not she hadn't come inside. Oh, shit. And he later said she always came and gave her daddy a big hug. So he was, like, waiting for her to come in and say Shit. hi. So, like, the second she got out of the car, someone was waiting for her? Fuck. Okay. So it seems. So okay. he looks back outside. He notices her car is still there. The front door is open. The engine is running. Her purse is inside, but she is gone. Oh, shit. So as you suspected. So uh, Sherry had a rare form of diabetes. And so Bob and... Uh, Sherry's mom realized, knew that she wouldn't have intentionally gone anywhere without her medication. Like, she wouldn't have just, right. like, seen a friend and jumped off. She would have taken her medication with her. Um, so, suddenly, the parents are terrified, obviously. They call the police, who, of course, immediately uh, assume Sherry is just a runaway. Um, but they were like, no, you don't understand. Like, she, her car was running. She left her purse. She has this, like, rare illness. She's going to die if she doesn't get her medication. Right. So finally, um, the police take it somewhat seriously. A search party it, uh, commences like the weekend of graduation. So Shit. all these uh, local kids and families are like part of this volunteer search effort. You know, parties are suspended and people are just looking out looking for Sherry. Hundreds of volunteers, local, state and federal law enforcement all searching for her. Uh, unfortunately, there's no trace of her. So things seem to be at a standstill until three days later. When at 2.30 in the morning, the Smith's family phone rang. So Sherry's sister, Dawn, um, answered the phone. And the caller uh, claimed that he had abducted Sherry at gunpoint from her car. Shit. He didn't demand a ransom. He just wanted to let them know he had her. Uh, 
He described articles of her clothing to prove that this wasn't a prank call, that he actually did have Sherry. Uh, he told them Sherry was still alive and that a letter from her would be arriving soon. Oh, my God. So, lo and behold, police uh, apprehend a letter. I don't think apprehend is the right word. I think that's for people. The police... Uh, <laughs> Get a letter. Get a letter uh, at the post office. It's addressed to the Smiths. And at the top of the sheet, it's like a sheet of yellow legal paper. At the top of the sheet in Sherry's handwriting were the words last will and testament. <gasps> oh, no. I know. It's so fucked up. So I went digging. They didn't have this on any of the articles, but I found like an old transcript of the full letter. So oh, no. I'm just going to read it to you. Okay. Um, it's it said at the top of the sheet, last will and testament. June 1st, 1985, 3.10 a.m. Okay, it's really sad. Yeah. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> I love y'all. I love you, Mommy, Daddy, Robert, Don, and Richard, and everyone else and all the other friends and relatives. I'll be with my father now, so please, please don't worry. Just remember my witty personality and great special times we all shared together. Please don't ever let this ruin your lives. Just keep living one day at a time for Jesus. Some good will come out of this. My thoughts will always be with you and in you. Casket closed, please. I love you all so damn much. Sorry, Dad, I had to cuss for once. Jesus, forgive me. Richard, sweetie, I really did and always will love you and treasure our special moments. I ask one thing, though. Accept Jesus as your personal savior. My family has been the greatest influence on my life. Sorry about the cruise money. Someday, please go in my place. I am sorry if I ever disappointed you in any way. I only wanted to make you proud of me because I have always been proud of my family. Mom, Dad, Robert, and Don, there's so much I want to say that I should have said before now. I love you. I know y'all love me and will miss me very much, but if y'all stick together like we always did, y'all can do it. Please do not become hard or upset. Everything works out for the good for those that love the Lord. All my love always. I love y'all with all my heart. Sharon Sherry Smith. P.S. Nana, I love you so much. I kind of always felt like your favorite. You were mine. Wow. It's like so wow horrifying. So this came in the mail, and they were like, okay, so he's saying she's still alive. Um, the FBI immediately get involved. So they start, they take over basically the whole house. Um, they are escorting the whole family, all the siblings, anywhere they need to go, escorting um, the mom to the grocery store, like making sure they are covering every base every time. So the man continues to call. He's just like taunting the Smiths uh, with phone calls. He calls eight times. Um, over the course of several Jeez. days, each time telling them Sherry was still alive. The FBI is trying to tap these phone calls. He also describes raping her and sodomizing her. Oh, no. After which he tells her mother, quote, Sherry is now part of me physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Our souls are now one. Oh, my God. Fucking sick. What? Sick bastard. So authorities are attempting to trace these calls, and every time they wind up at a public payphone 20 miles away, the receiver's off the hook. There's no trace of anybody, so they just can't they can't get a hold of who this person is. Um, then on June 5th, the man made his eighth call to the Smith family. He told them he had wrapped—oh, God, okay. He told them he had wrapped Cherry's head in duct tape and <gasps> suffocated her, then gave directions to her body. So they found her body in the spot that he had ex described, um, but it was in such bad condition due to decomp that it was hard to determine the cause of death. Uh, and autopsy results couldn't figure out if she was raped, as 
her abductor had claimed. However, it was believed she suffocated or died of dehydration, possibly connected to her for- rare form of diabetes. Right. So it wasn't clear whether he was just saying these things to, like, fuck with them, how true they were. He could have just been, you know, trying to get a rise out of them. Right, right, right. And it was also determined that despite what he had said about Sherry being alive for days after her abduction, he had actually killed her within 12 hours. So yeah, that sounds... You're I right. Mean, I mean, for her body to already be going through, like, that intensity. Exactly, decomp. exactly. So they were like... So he was lying when he said, like, oh, she's still alive, I'm still torturing her, stuff like... It was just to get a rise out of the family. Um, So obviously Sherry's family is heartbroken, but um, like almost immediately after the killer strikes again. Shit. So uh, he, oh, sorry. I messed up. I'm sorry. I messed up. So he doesn't strike again. Oh, thank God. Uh, He does. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. So it didn't stop the killer who continued, first of all, before he strikes again. Spoiler alert. He continues to call the Smith family, even after they find Sherry's body. Oh, my he God. Just say what? haunting them. And he, they have to answer because the FBI is trying to, like, tap the calls so they right. can't ignore it. So he's taunting them. He decide, he calls to discuss funeral arrangements with them. So he's oh just fucking, God. like, torturing these people. And most of the time he's talking to her, uh, her sister, Dawn. Um, then while Sherry's family was grieving uh, and the FBI is still trying to track him down, uh, and the manhunt, by the way, would become the largest in South Carolina history. So while all this is going on, like I spoiled for everybody earlier, the perpetrator strikes again. So June 14th, 1985, uh, two weeks after Sherry's kidnapping. Right, pretty quick. Like, really, yeah, right within, like, less than 10 days after they found her body. Um, nine-year-old Deborah May Helmick was outside her house in Richland County, South Carolina, <sighs> playing with her younger siblings. Shit. Middle of the day, broad daylight, a car drives up and a man just grabs Deborah and drives away. Oh, my God. Like that kind of panic people talked about back in, like, the 90s and stuff. Right, right, right. Just, like, you don't... I mean, it's so outrageous. And, like, most kidnappings take place by people in your own family. So it's... Yeah, random acts of crime are just... Totally. A whole other ballpark. It sounds like a Lifetime movie. But so he... Basically, just like he did to the Smith family, the man would call the Helmick family... Um, to taunt them about having their nine-year-old daughter. He called and told them he had murdered her. Oh, my God. Murdered Deborah. He gave detailed directions leading to her body, which was also badly decomposed by the time it was located, making it difficult to determine her cause of death. So at this point, obviously, the FBI are desperate to catch this guy, but they don't have much information because he's calling from pay phones. Um, But they do have that letter, that, quote, last will and testament that Sherry had written to her family. So the FBI examined it. Uh, using something called an electrostatic detection apparatus uh, to determine residual indentations left on the paper. In other words, they were able to look at it and see if there were any impressions from mm. other, from writing. Got it. From, uh, you know, other sheets that had been on the legal pad. So they found incomplete phone numbers and they were able to track down one of these phone numbers and it belonged to a local man and his wife. There was an elderly couple um, at first, authorities weren't sure if maybe they had something to do with the murders, but when they described the killer's profile to the couple, they were like, we know who you're talking about. We know oh, this shit. man. So it turns out the p- man that they pointed to was an electrician who worked for the older man in the couple um, who frequently house sat for them. So they were like, oh, yeah, we know who that is. He house sits for us all the time when we're out of town. Oh, no. And he works. He does some elect- electrical work for us. Uh, his name is Larry Jean Bell. 
So June 27, 1985, the FBI tracked down Larry Jean Bell, and he is taken into custody and charged with two counts of first-degree murder. Uh, during his six-hour testimony at his trial, Bell continuously blurted out bizarre comments. He carried on these, like, ridiculous theatrics. He refused to give answers, but would just, like, talk and talk and talk for hours. What? Um, whenever he didn't want to answer a question, he would shout, Silence is golden. Uh, at one point, he even yelled out, I would like Dawn, so Sherry's sister, I would like Dawn E. Smith to marry me and attempted to propose to her on the stand. So, so he is crackers. Well, uh, he later made statements indicating that he was attempting to fake mental illness uh, in order to receive a more lenient sentence. So he was playing so he was insanity. It. Yeah, he was playing the insanity card. However, he did claim to be Jesus Christ, which is something that he... Um, he a card that he continued to play until he died so it's unclear. so there's a chance he might have actually been mentally unwell it could be in some Got way it. i think he it's probably safe to say he was mentally unwell in some way or another um but i think maybe it seems like a lot of times these people exaggerate for the sake of trying to like play it off as oh i'm just crazy i you right. know don't give me the death sentence whatever However, in prison, uh, he reportedly smeared his own feces on himself and drank his own urine. So uh, it seemed like maybe so he's really committing to he's it. Committing to the, <laughs> if, if he's faking it, he's committing to it's it. It's method acting is what it is. Right. Sure. Uh, however, if that is what he was trying to do, it didn't work because the jury found him guilty and he was sentenced to death. Okay. Uh, so weirdly enough, um, so Bell, who, as I mentioned, was a, an electrician chose instead of lethal in injection that he wanted to die by the electric chair. That's on brand. <laughs> yeah. Um, when asked why uh, he made that decision, he said it was so he could be with his victim sooner. Ew. Yeah. He claimed he wanted to go to heaven to be with his girls sooner. Absolutely not. Yeah. Fucking sick. So he's literally still torturing these families, like Ugh. even on death row. So, Larry Jean Bell was executed on October 4th, 1996. Um, interestingly enough, he also turned out to be a suspect in two other unsolved disappearances. Oh, really? Yeah, so one of them was the 1984 disappearance of Sandy Elaine Cornette, who was happened to be the girlfriend of one of Bell's co-workers. Oh, weird. Yeah, and then another woman named Denise Newsom-Porch, who was last seen in July of 75 and lived in an apartment complex right near where Bell lived. They both vanished in Charlotte, North Carolina, and to this day, their cases remain unsolved, and they are classified as missing. Interesting. So, although he was a suspect, he it was never, you know, fully linked to him. Right. Got it. Uh, a year after Sherry Smith's death, her sister Dawn, uh, who spent a lot of time having to deal with the phone calls and the um, taunting that Bell, you know, inflicted on the family, uh, Dawn was crowned Miss South Carolina in 1986. Uh, she is now known as Dawn Smith Jordan and became a Christian singer-songwriter. She's written a book on the family story throughout the ordeal called Grace So Amazing, a wow. true story of God's grace in the midst of life-shattering tragedy. And she also recorded a song called Sisters, which was dedicated to Aww. Sherry. Um, so this is actually interesting. I found this article um, on a website called... Um, it's a it's a website... It's a, organization sorry called prison fellowship and so i mean it's like you know a, a christian-based website but i did find this article about the family um and i think it's no no surprise at this point that they're clearly a you know right. identify as christian but it's very interesting um they, it talks about how they forgave 
him, like forgave the killer, okay. forgave Bell. Um, it says after Bell was arrested, officers brought Sherry's mom, Hilda, and her sister Dawn to see Bell in jail um, before he was executed. According to Bob, Sherry's dad, when Hilda met Bell, quote, she forgave him to his face. And he was amazed at his wife's strength and mercy, but he said it, he couldn't do it. Right I wouldn't away. be able no, to. Yeah, I would not be. I, I don't think I could do it. I can't do it reading this, let alone like no. being in the position, you know. Um, it took him another seven months to reach his own point of forgiveness. And uh, so this is from the article. And for whatever reason, it like really got me last night. I was like blown, it. blown away by this. But yeah. So it said at the urging of a friend, he went behind a secluded barn and quote, just blasted it out. I was really, really mad. I wanted to scream and holler at God. My friend said, go ahead. He can take it. And it was such a relief to do that physical thing and get all those emotions out. Once he let them out, he was able to let them go. Bob's forgiveness of Bell dovetailed with his forgiveness of himself. Quote, I was supposed to take care of my children, and in my mind I had failed. Maybe I needed to forgive myself before I could forgive him. It happened almost at the same time. And that is a story of double murderer Larry wow. Jean Bell. <laughs> oh my gosh. That went quicker than I expected, but... It was a heavy one. <clears throat> yeah. It got me pretty good last night. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know what it's like to have to be you and like read a bunch <laughs> of really dark shit every day. It's just really, I have to be really careful because sometimes I do it at night and it's like, why am I doing this before I try to go to sleep? Like reading right. traumatic things. Like last wills and testaments from children. Right, exactly. Exactly. To their parents, trying to comfort their own parents. I mean, it's really traumatic. But anyway, so... Yeah, that one got me good. It's very sad, but, you know, mm. it's the world, I guess. Great. Yeah. So what a motherfucker. <sighs> yeah, don't... fuck him. I can't. And it was really sad because when I read about the execution and Deborah, the nine-year-old's dad, witnessed the execution and right, right. Um, Sherry's parent family witnessed the execution and Sherry's parents said, like, we're we have to forgive him. That's the only way we can like function and like take care of our own children. It, like it's our only way of moving on. I and have yet to understand that concept. I, it's very hard. I think it's like probably a, a really big mature thing, but I've never thought like, Oh, if someone did something to a family member, I'd be able to Completely. forgive them. I can I just, hardly forgive an ex-boyfriend. Like, yeah, let I alone. can't, I can't process that totally. information. But so then they said that and the Deborah's father was like, no, I, he's like, I hope he, I don't know what he said. He was like, no, fuck him. I hope he rots in hell. Like this, is, right. he doesn't deserve my forgiveness. And so I can kind of, I can absolutely see both, you know, ways. I don't, I can't pretend to be that I would be like, you know, wise and mature. Like I, I really couldn't don't. be, I'm yeah. telling you right now, I would not be able to be. And that's not to say, you know, they didn't go through trauma and whatever. I yeah. mean, that they just handle it differently than I think. Probably better. <laughs> yeah. Better than I, completely than I would have been able to. So anyway, wow, just really wild, but. Oh my goodness. Very sad. So that's that. So I hope you enjoyed that happy ending. Let's talk about Braxy again. Let's talk about Braxy again. Braxy and his flaps. God. What's the word you hate the most? Besides um, moist. Everyone hates the word moist. I don't care about that word. I don't get, I don't, I mean, I, I get why it's like gross to people, but like, it doesn't bother me. What about moist flaps? <laughs> Is that really gross? I've heard moist panties really bothers Ugh. people. Yeah, I hate panties. My mom's favorite word is panties. Ew. Yeah. It's such a weird one. She says it all. I'm like, just say underwear. Why would you say it? Like, what? Oh, just like as underwear. 
Like, no, she says it in, re- yeah, in replacement it, of the I word see. underwear. She's like, what? My panties. And I'm like, oh my God, please stop talking. <laughs> That's so bad, Linda. So gross. Um, no, like I, she calls like making out French kissing. Okay. We've talked about this because I was like, there's something else she says. Yeah. French Ugh, kissing. She was asking me about like someone I was dating in high school and, or in college. And she's like, well, what about what did you like French kissing them? And I was like, we're never Vomitous. having a single conversation again. Vomitous. I almost just threw up in my mouth. Um, okay. So French kissing is the word that you hate the most. <laughs> there's, I don't really have that. I don't know why. I don't like, there aren't really words that bother me that much i think some- i hate anything that that implies my mother's talking about intimate things like panties and oh yeah french if my mother's french involved, kisser i'm sure there's plenty of stuff yeah i think um like words that remind me of like medical stuff so like um tendons i don't like the word t- i don't like mm. spine tendons i don't like um syringe i don't I- like any of those physical things i don't really the words don't bother me too much i think i just it makes it makes me bleh. yeah anyway so on that note in Anyway, I hope everyone has a least favorite word and does not think about it today, except you're probably being primed to think about it right now. Think about your favorite word. Think about moist flaps, panties, (laughs) and French kissing. Gross. That is not going in our children's book. Nope. That can go in Linda's children's book. That'll be our dedication. Oh, no. (laughs) That'll be the the PG-13 version. Gross. All right. Well, thank you guys. We'll leave you guys alone. I guess. uh see you next week yeah i think there's like five tickets left for um atlanta yeah so maybe unless everyone listening just like resold their tickets (laughs) just like posted their tickets back on (laughs) Ticketmaster. i don't want this anymore somebody else have it all right so we'll see you guys in september if you're going to that otherwise we'll see you next week when we chat about something else fucked up yay Yay. and that's why we drink meet stacy Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details.